Welcome to the Digital Monkeys podcast. I'm your host Frank. With me is Jackie. And today we're going to look at what to expect in 2022. A lot of exciting stuff. We're going to look at metaverse, meta galaxies. We're going to look at QR codes, e-commerce, Q-commerce. We're going to look at influencers. Quite a variety of topics to cover today. Yeah. And I believe since we've just gone just one month into there, still a lot to expect within this year. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, definitely there is quite a lot cuz I feel like we'll have a lot of innovations, we'll have a lot of growth in the digital space and the tech uh, space. Quite interesting you're saying a lot of innovation and just looking back at the past 2 years uh, or 5 years ago, people were talking about digital transformation it was the hot cake of that moment. And if you look at today, things have really radically changed over the past 2 years. I think uh, the acceleration is more to do with the pandemic uh, since uh, it started in 2019. I get uh, I think you should expand more on that. So interesting as you've mentioned the pandemic. I call it now it's a pandemic transformation because uh, surely it made it, it made us uh, innovate, it made us adapt to things we are not prepared for. It brought, it brought those years in terms of you have to expect digital transformation in the next 3 4 5 years. It has brought that journey uh, within a reach of 2 years within a reach of 1 year even months i would say and if i look at not the context of digital transformation what organizations can do i think one of the key things that i've, I've realized guys really need to have to guys have to really shift their focus obviously guys have shifted over the last year but there'll be more emphasis this year as well and i don't think they'll ever go to a back to normal kind of situation do you agree do you think we'll ever go to back to normal based on the way we've de- we've, we've we've developed we've innovated we've ad- adapted to the now um from now onwards i don't think we are ever going back uh, what i can see is we are only going forward the, we'll have a new normal where things will be going really fast innovation will be coming day in day out so it's the new normal the, not the normal we are used to cool so just looking at how organizations structure themselves in terms of I wouldn't say the new normal but I'll say the pandemic transformation normal <laughs> as of the moment. And if I look at the core principles of any digital transformation, so we look at essentials, we look at things like team ability, management buy-in, uh, we look at resources, uh, then we look at uh, readiness. Uh, that's one thing I notice people are not ready for in terms of digital transformation. That has a lot of governance and strategy and a bit of infrastructure and lastly it's you know uh, performance which is purely finance and you know, innovation in itself and if i look at this year what should people do differently uh, in your view uh, or what ha- what needs to, to to stay within this year at least in in in, in summary as you can see it's uh, the beginning of the year why companies are trying to strategize on what to do for the year but that's a tough question uh, maybe you can expand on it all right so when you think about the holistic journey end to end uh, right now in 360 digital experiences the term metaverse has been thrown in meta galaxies and version if you look at that transition even as we speak right now really needs introspection from companies them to look at themselves and look at where do they fit within the customer journey are they part of that 360 chain and what tools or what capabilities do they need to develop in house to facilitate that uh, positioning 
just a very brief example. Traditionally, if you look at maybe some of the the verticals insurance, they used to use forms, then they moved to digitization of forms, then they moved to digitization of products, then uh, the whole uh, acquisition, purchase, then building that database. That's part of transformation. If I may ask, uh, given that uh, you are talking about uh, strategizing and how they will adapt, do you think in Kenya currently companies are in a position to are ready for that? I don't think they need to be ready. I think the environment has really shifted. It's if you're not ready, you don't adapt. Uh, things will move at a pace that even you don't expect. So the, the brands themselves, the companies themselves, uh, need to react and more, more beyond not only react, need to be proactive. So if they look up two years down the line, what do they need to do and start that journey now? Because at the end of the day, if you look at just that aspect of that 360 journey, the user you're targeting, so many channels to reach them on nowadays. TikTok has come in, another platform will come in, another new venture will come in. Where do they fit in, in that space? How quickly can they adopt that technology? And one of the key things I've noticed within transformation, there's a lot of data loss. There's a lot of data corruption. And that's currency in itself, Mm -hmm. in terms of understanding your user base, in terms of understanding the intentions of of your audiences. So just in a nutshell, uh, when you think about transforming your own agency, transforming your own company, transforming your own institution, you just have to look up what points, what channels, do you have plans for those channels? Do you have teams, uh, capacity built to, to run with those channels? Do you have audience management, metrics, tools? So it's just an integration of all those things. And more importantly, often than not, things are looked at in silos. And IT is looked at as a department on its own where they don't correlate with marketing, they don't correlate with sales. Very many dashboards, very many fancy things, I would say. Mm-hmm. But you know, if there's no that, if there's no synergy within the systems, the platforms, the departments, the whole organization, then you know, you're always reacting to something. A brand does this, you react to that. Okay. Uh, uh, if we look back uh, for the past two years, we can see some companies uh, and brands died, and we saw uh, you know uh, some come to light and the birth of new brands. Uh, do you think 2022 is going to be similar in terms of innovation, adaptation and transformation? I believe new brands will still come in and you believe new tech companies will still come in. Uh, this space has not been clearly or rather there's an ultimate in terms of innovation that this is the end. Mm-hmm. I think companies, tech companies will still, uh, even when you look at startups, so many startups nowadays look at uh, the last recent one in terms of payments mm-hmm. uh, so many things to explore so there's a lot that still hasn't been explored mm-hmm. but again the question is how can companies tap into that space I'll give a very brief example uh, last year uh, guys didn't go to movies a lot or last year but one yeah. and if I observe a case study from the West uh, they rolled out digital versions of those movies. Uh, so let's say, for instance, if you are a Marvel fan or a Disney movie fan, uh, let's say today Spider-Man came in and they had restrictions in terms of viewing that movie on the theater, you'd actually receive that same movie on Disney Plus on the same day that the movie is launching. So 
things have really accelerated accelerated in a way that we would not have foreseen yeah and you know change is, is inevitable we need to adapt we need to change we need to think of how how do we play out in this whole picture yeah that's interesting it's quite something that we'll look uh, forward to this year fair, fair enough so another thing that uh, was caught our eyes this hot cakes i would call them so these metaverse nfts uh, i would say bring back qr codes because <laughs> the articles back then written about the death of qr codes i'll start with the lightest one the qr codes <laughs> and uh, uh kid you not uh someone did the invention in 1994 what uh, i think the, the it was a japanese car farm mm-hmm. and my analogy of the thinking at the time was before i did the, the, the research was like does it have any association with brick games because brick games were an 80s thing they did have the inspiration as of there uh but the reason why i i, I say qr codes going you know we're going back to qr codes quite heavily and it's because of this acceleration it's tech acceleration mm-hmm. uh, right now we're not doing payments cash in as much as we used to they're doing scanning a code here scanning a code there doing payments here visiting a website here and uh, i think one of the key things that will rise out of that is also security of those qr codes because uh just like the same buzz of emails and those are time emails are not buzzing people now there was phishing opportunities so i think this year people have to look out for as you're scanning those qr codes uh what security measures are there within those qr codes because you know we are progressing where we're doing things on the phone. Yeah, when you talk of QR code, uh you said that they started in 1994, right? 1994, but before that that was the first invention, but they took a while before they they kicked off officially. That means that the te- the technology was ready before we were ready. Yes. And we are only uh getting ready right now. I believe. Yet you are talking about security issues yep. that will come. Uh, does that mean we are not quite ready for it or what do you think will happen this year i think we're ready i think it's now that awareness that mental cognition that we need to have at least security at the back of our minds each time when you are in, when you are integrating when you interacting with that qr code mm-hmm. uh, is it a legitimate qr code how do you distinguish a fake one those guys are the out there to get your information Uh, how do you see like especially for Kenyans yeah. uh, how do you see them uh, taking up the QR code technology well i've seen it uh, at the moment when you go maybe order in a coffee the menu is scanning for instance or uh, even right now when you're doing your payments the bill has a QR code where prompts your mpesa app for instance mm-hmm. I-, i believe it the technology is being used even as we speak mm-hmm. i think not the other aspect just to look out for is that security bit and i believe that's though with the companies that are you know dishing out those qr codes mm-hmm. the ones that you've signed up for they have good security policies and security measures as one of the things to look out for one thing that i, re- I noticed like you mentioned quite an interesting fact about technology coming before its time and i have this reference with uh mpesa one tap mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> it, it, quite an interesting uh conversation for me uh in terms of i believe the technology was advanced of its time uh and if i look at the whole aspect of paying the convenience and then i ask myself what if it came as a wearable as part of your wearable tech it's an application that is on on your wearable watch for instance and you just go tap and go 
without looking at the physical device doing mm-hmm. that. I think that is something that can still be explored today in my view. And that will be interesting because it will be easier and it will be accessible because most of the times you'll find when you're going out, you are wearing your smartwatch, when you're running, you have it. So I guess that's something they should explore. True, cool. So the other thing is the metaverse, so the meta galaxies or the meta. <laughs> it's been trending the past few months. Uh, Facebook, yeah. I believe, is known for that meta once they branded. But there are other metaverses there, Microsoft, your Amazons, gaming companies as well. Okay, interesting. And uh, people just associate it with only one end. But uh, let me ask, I don't know if you've ever done this. Uh, so right now you are your physical self, then there's your social self. Do you ever picture yourself virtually, like uh, inter- interacting with virtual things as a virtual person, like a virtual you somewhere? I don't think I've ever thought of something like that, but I believe if I, if that would be possible, I believe it will be very interesting. Uh, Do you mean like if I'm chatting with you from a different country, but, but I'm seated next to you? Exactly. So imagine attending, uh, not to mention bands, but my favorite band is Coldplay, and I'm at, in attendance there virtually, and I'm jumping up and down, and they're virtually jumping up and down. And in the midst of it all, you see uh, uh, maybe a Safaricom ad or an Mpesa ad or an Airtel ad within the same space. I believe it offers a lot of potential and opportunity, uh, not just within advertising, not just within the experiences. I think there's a lot still to be explored. There's still a lot of questions to that need to be answered, mm-hmm. but you're still part of that wave, just like the same way when the internet came. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of excitement, yeah. and then there was a time where guys were withdrawing money from the banks. Internet, oh, it, it, I think it was the bubble of 2000. You're going to the year 2000. Internet has something to do with. I need to withdraw my cash, mm-hmm. and it's the same bubble that you're in with this meta conversation. Still, need time, but at least we need to be cognizant of the fact that you know it's a conversation ongoing. Brands to think. What other experiences can I offer my audiences? Because you know, people live, look at even social social media in itself. People live lives that are not really real in that sense. I see. Some <laughs> do, majority do. But I wouldn't say majority. I would just say that people like to showing the side of their story that they would like to tell. I imagine a virtual experience. That will be very interesting, especially given that uh, most people have access to Facebook, uh, Metaverse, and they are pioneering uh, the whole virtual, real, virtual reality thing. I think they are giving o- an opportunity to so many people, including brands, and it's something I see them picking really fast because they would like to be like at the forefront of uh, innovation. So it's something to definitely look out for. If, if you are to pick randomly in this Metaverse, uh, which brand, which which categories of brands would you see? I see retail being there, mm-hmm. clothes shops, mm-hmm. uh, shoes brands. Mm-hmm. Which which other category do you see being very strong players? Games as well. Uh, I also think uh, communication uh, uh, companies, yeah. uh, especially in Kenya. I give an example of Safaricom because they are always on top of their game in terms of any kind of innovation. So. Uh, I actually, I would bet that they'll be the first one to pick it up in Kenya. 
So another thing, NFTs uh, been a hot cake since last year. Uh, we did our first NFT transaction through Kipchoge. Uh, I believe he sold two videos for 37,000 USD. And uh, one thing I believe with NFTs is it's for the super fans. You know, you're a, you're a fan of something and you want to be that uh, exclusive uh, owner of something. You, you need to own a part of that brand. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was reading just a, the other day where Adidas last year in the December campaign uh, launched an NFT campaign where guys could get uh, only limited edition stuff through trading with NFTs. And I was like, that's very interesting because that, that, that means beyond the loyalists, that is you know, on another level of just being a, a super fan. And I also see opportunities here locally and, and I can't wait to explore it further. And I think this year we can explore it further uh, with music, with yeah. art. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Is it something viable? Yeah, definitely it is something viable, but uh, that will only mean that uh, it will address specific people yeah. uh, for specific areas and specific subjects. Yeah. So it will be a good way, a good innovation. Yeah. On the other hand, it will be like locking out some other people because as much as I'm not a really, really loyal fan, sometimes I enjoy some stuff. So that will be locking me out. It's a 50-50. It's a 50-50 thing. Yeah. I see opportunities with music, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was two weeks or a week ago, uh, Bandanea Isa, the, the music video was out, the song was out, and I was like, what if those are specific memorabilia of uh, Isa stuff where super fans could actually go get maybe through NFTs, I don't know. Maybe it's something that can be explored. If, personally, I was to invest in, in, in an item, mm-hmm. Uh, back in the days to listen to a band called uh, Kalamashak. It's a band, a rap, rap group. I'll be in the comments. A rap group called Kalamashaka and there was a song called Tafsiri. If if it was introduced where you can get the album art through mm-hmm. NFTs, I'd go ahead and buy it because it's something that I have, you know, that nostalgia uh, associate, uh, that nostalgic uh, feeling. About. Yeah. What about you? Do you think something that you'd be able to, to get my hands on? If I may touch on especially that song, uh, Bandanaya Isa, I read a story about it uh, and it was designed by King Kaka. And from the way I read it, it was a pr- it's not more of he was about to earn from it because I don't think he earned, but it was that pride, it was that moment, the connection with it. So if that's what you're talking about, then I see opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and if I had something like I'm really connected to to, to that level, then I'll fight for, for it. I will do cool. anything to get it. So moving on to tools, a uh, couple of things have changed or have morphed. Yeah, last one and a half, one, one, one year, nine months or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, critically, is Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the change from Universal Analytics to Google Analytics 4. Uh, I believe the change is really it's pushing the boundaries of measurement. Yeah, before we go to the, we go we get to that. Uh, if I may ask, what do you think uh, made uh, like Google think of making the changes to their tools? Like what pushed them to that level? I believe he's having that one dashboard. Uh, I'll give a case in point. So you have your website, you have your mobile application, mm-hmm. uh, different different tools for measure, measuring those things. So uh, 
uh, you have Firebase, you have Google Analytics for mobile, and you have Google Analytics for your website. Mm-hmm. So very different tools by the time you're getting to analyze one piece, whether something worked or not in terms of maybe a campaign you're doing. You have to look at very many dashboards and different data sets as well. Mm-hmm. So I think unifying that, opening up that uh, device range, you don't have to just look at one device segment and think of a specific tool for it, but looking at if I'm viewing my mobile app usage, it's the same place where I can get my mobile website visit usage, mm-hmm. same place I can get my website desktop uh, usage uh, uh, me- measurements or metrics. Mm-hmm. I think that uni- uniformity uh, across reporting informs a lot. Okay. And uh, one thing uh, that unifies all, all that is events. So it doesn't matter if it's app views, page views, mobile views, one simplified dashboard. And if you look at it, the reason why they push that envelope, they don't want to be seen as, as a reporting tool. They want to be seen as an analysis tool. Where you look at the, do- the data and you make some informed decisions. They are reporting tools that you can still use within Google. You have your Google Data Report, I believe. That's another independent tool that just picks the data from analytics, for, in- for instance, and just provides the, 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 the details and graphs and, you know, those those good things for reports so where do you see, do you see us uh, going this year well farms now it's all, it's all about integrating it in, into your ecosystem are using are using it to its full potential because now that provides another layer of analysis mm-hmm. you can get more insights are you using it are you experimenting are you you know utilizing it full you know, cap- capabilities of the tool. I think that's another thing that is going to be big this year. Okay. And talking of, you know, measurement, uh, death of that party a year from now, and uh, we're talking about brand assets, the app, the website, uh, mm-hmm. and it's all about policies that were introduced back in the day, not back in the day, like literally two, three years <laughs> ago. And uh, the, a very interesting conversation where brands really have to create their own First-party content, if I would say, mm-hmm. uh, that means uh, they have to create some value exchange with the end user. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, let's say uh, a beer brand, and the, uh, an advertiser thinks I need to get to this person and position this product, and then there's the brand thinking, uh, how will I get this user? Mm-hmm. So value exchange is quite critical at this moment, where they build their own sets of content. And for that exchange, so let's say, for instance, a brand is telling me you need to explore my PR, and in value exchange, you can get a voucher. I think that's uh, an implicit, an explicit trade-off I would do, rather than you know, with that party to track every activity. So, looking at now brands and content creation, do you, do you foresee them being? Majorly involved because it's it's an it's an it's an area to explore for them in terms of now they really have to push the power to their audiences. I know the influencers are already doing that. These audiences they know who they're speaking to their audience interests. Or, or do you see foresee do you foresee brands doing that? Uh, actually, as you are, you are explaining, I was thinking about it because I feel like most uh, most brands will lose. Uh, quite a good number of audience and some will gain because I'm trying to think will it affect Google ranking of some websites? I think it, it might in some way. 
uh, will Google still be suggesting websites the way it has always been? I think true of true or not true. I think it, it can suggest to some degree based on how you have optimized your assets. Uh, I believe the suggestions there was the whole dominancy of Google owning a part of your content. Yeah. So it does the suggestion but you don't click through entirely to the asset owner. Mm-hmm. So the suggestion has a bit of text, let's say with uh, AMP pages for instance which are Google hosted. Click on them, read through, but just not still leaving the Google ecosystem. Yeah. So this is I think empowering the brands to create their own stories, their own content. I think that's where uh Google is shifting their conversation with that change. This means like brand should be really targeted to their audience. Yeah, they should, they should. Their content should be targeted. Definitely, they should be targeting their isn't, audience. Isn't that the case right now? It is, but uh, look at it in this way. Right now, those third party cookies, they track in as much as they can about you. Yeah. And right now, Google is opening up there this opportunity where you can actually get that data for yourself if you just you know put in the work reduce that content and you know target that person who might interact with the brand so i think it's feasible it's feasible uh, from from your explanation yeah. i wouldn't say like uh, i'm really conversant with it but from your explanation what i feel is that uh, if the cookies that party cookies were, were removed then brands will have freedom uh, to uh, get as much audience as possible uh, through their content where people will relate with it so i see potential on the other hand i see loss well true you you have something that uh, that is quite valid uh, you talked you talked about loss and there's something uh, attention recession where right now brands are really fighting for your time you know your silence how do you become top of mind uh for me and uh, just looking about that uh, attention recession do you think uh the influencers have that power now do they have the potential to really leverage on it since they already have those audiences with them and their or their interests covered yeah what i've realized with influencers uh when they start they have that as they grow big they lose that but what i can predict for this year is that influencers will start scaling down to where they started because people are going for that person who has information they need not that person who has information for the sake so i think some influencers have most don't do they will it dictate the types of content that they'll produce definitely it has to because uh, when they start uh, with that attention recession it means like the content they they are creating it's for you not for everyone it's for you so if it's for you then you are interested in it and you will watch it through so i believe they do but one of the key things i think has been a conversation over the longest is authenticity of these influencers you know there's a perceived lifestyle that people portray uh and believability is key as well in terms of you know if i'm consuming content that you're pushing out uh do you use those brands and you know a couple of things have come up mental health being one of them you know as a follower you believe this is the only lifestyle if the lifestyle has been positioned like there's no other way in terms of this is how i need to set my life others do it to us to make you think 
know it's aspirational but others you know don't have that level of you know uh, inter- interrogating further and seeing it's just another a- social aspect as well uh, do you believe mental health will still be you know uh, a conversation that will be hot this year over the coming years yeah uh, definitely mental health will uh, be something that especially most brands will pick uh, uh, just because i i hope we are facing out from the pandemic era i hope by the end of this year this is me hoping <laughs> don't quote me anywhere uh, by the end of this year probably we won't ha- have um, covid-19 we w- won't have most of these restrictions uh, so at this a- a time most people uh, the world have started opening up and influencers have started at least living their glamorous life and with that uh, especially the young generation and the low income uh, 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 audience they feel like that that's their life so if they don't have uh, people to put them in check it will be an issue so i believe uh, most uh, most brands and most companies will pick that up uh, to try and explain this is not the everyday life uh, actually there was a trend that was uh, trending just the other day where uh, most influencers it was on tiktok like the life we don't show you no. you see the behind the scenes you see the hassles interesting you see like you see the hardships behind i guess that, that was more of uh, uh, leading to mental health like you just don't think this is the life there is more to it than you see uh, interesting you said about brands and uh, and then pushing the agenda there's a brand i, I think i read an article a couple of months back lash a cosmetics brand mm-hmm. where they were pulling out of social media channels mm-hmm. and it's just that association i believe at some point where people think this is just it mm-hmm. and and i don't know it was a very bold statement for them mm-hmm. uh, but again like you mentioned it pushes the brand's uh, envelope in terms of even if they're engaging with these influencers mm-hmm. uh, you know that is a factor that they need to consider when they're looking at the audiences that they target as well or even not even target people who at some point just view the brand yeah. or interact with these influencers yeah definitely that's something that will happen uh, that's quite interesting for, for you know brands moving in that direction so another key thing uh, i'm foreseeing this year will be you know revision of tools social media tools mm-hmm. measurement tools i uh, believe our reporting metrics has been always you know Uh, engagement reach uh, engagement reach you know those things that are I call them superficial in, uh, in some way mm-hmm. uh, and at some point you always have to look at the impact the mm-hmm. return on investment do you think tools will have some other forms of measurement you know we measure sentiment in terms of you know uh, what impact a uh, piece of a, a piece of campaign did mm-hmm. do you think there'll be some form of refinement over time with these tools or what things would be perceived to be looked at when you think about measure and metrics uh, if you look at all these changes that ha- are happening in the digital marketing uh, area you find that if it's the removal of that party cookies it's leading to you have to go to your authentic uh, audience if it's something to do with uh, influencers scaling down it have to go it's uh, it leads to uh, authentic content so with that uh, the brands will start looking for what am i getting in return of this 
and with that uh, tools we start uh, trying to measure how much is this worth, how much is this content, how much, how much is this engagement and they'll start measuring that for, especially for the marketing ma managers who will go back to explain like this is what we got from this influencer, this is what we got from this social platform. So tools will definitely innovate and enhance their offerings right now. Uh, cool. Another another interesting bit uh, you just mentioned about the whole content space and the whole tools and then the platforms themselves. Mm -hmm. And I've got the platforms, you know, they they borrow bits and bobs here and there. <laughs> like, there's one who does uh, a bit of, you know, innovation and then it's copied by another to enhance those experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think those platforms this year will have to do a, a bit more just to tap into where can I you know, have this user the longest, this viewer the longest, this, uh, this person engaged uh, the longest. Do you think that will happen? I we think you've seen it uh, with uh, Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube Shorts. Uh, do you still believe, I call it the cannibalization of, 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 of innovation in itself, but do you foresee tools or platforms, uh, you know, doing that as well this year? I, I fear, okay, I would call it the battle of the mighty. <laughs> Uh, this is because if uh, if I if one tool feels it's great on this, it's try to, it's trying to get what the other one is wrong on, so that uh, the audience will stay for the longest at its own platform. So that's going to happen. But another thing I'm thinking is that innovation, innovation, innovation. Like we haven't seen the end of innovation. Without the Instagram, was it? TikTok came yeah. and now we are thinking TikTok is it what next and I definitely feel like there is more to come than we have so uh, I feel at the moment the platforms will more or less look the same because you know uh, YouTube introduced still images and I think I have seen yeah. a couple of them yeah they <laughs> was did. like is it I'm on the wrong <laughs> No, it's YouTube. They introduced, so it they will look more or less the same, but they won't be given a chance by new platforms that are coming. I'm expecting to see at least two or three before the end of the year. Ah, cool. Valentine's is just around the corner. <laughs> a very interesting uh, yes. month for brands, uh, audiences as well, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, e-commerce has been, I think, accelerated over the past. One, two years, I would say. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's now Q-Commerce. Uh, I don't know if it's something that here it will pick. What's Q-Commerce? So imagine purchasing something and it arriving within one hour of that. Nice. Uh, like you've just ordered and you're assured within one hour it's there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know if that will change over here. Uh, we've just, you know, personally I've experimented with e-commerce. Mm -hmm. Bought a few items, de delay deliveries, you know. And you're, you're like, ah, you'll just, you'll just, you know, hardly, just familiar. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it uh, in terms of moving into the next phase, mm -hmm. where I think Amazon used to try same day delivery. I'm seeing Jumia pushing 24-hour delivery. I think you're crossing that envelope. You're 30 minutes delivery, 60 minutes. I don't know if we'll get there. It will be great to see. But do you foresee, you know? During this time, there'll be a lot of purchases, you know, purchases of gifts, purchases mm -hmm. of colognes, chocolates, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you foresee people going that route, uh, 
this 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 February I would believe where you just make a transaction uh, and you have the faith that that thing will be delivered before that, before the time lapses within an hour uh, even within that valentine duration within the valentine's duration yeah you would imagine you ordered something and then uh, it's 5 days late it won't make sense yeah so what what i feel is that most people is that uh, making purchases earlier in advance because yeah. we've seen cases of things being delayed we, we've seen apologies from the companies that this thing did not arrive in time and stuff will compensate with this and all that we've seen all that so people have learned uh, people don't trust the one hour 24 hours thing but they like the uh, making purchases in advance but in terms of one hour delivery that's quite interesting but in this Nairobi given the traffic and all that i doubt it doubt do you foresee any interesting campaigns this, this valentines i think in my head uh, over if i just analyze the past 3 4 years i don't know if last year was quite big but this year i think uh 2018 19 there mm-hmm. uh those years have been quite uh they were quite vocal in terms of the campaigns that were there back then mm-hmm. i do foresee this year being the usual is it even a day that is just going past like any other day do brands will brands just you know it's just an any other day and they'll do it because of the sake do you think there'll be something that will really draw our attention and be like uh, one thing you should uh, realize is that 2020 we didn't have valentines yeah true 2021 we didn't have valentines so this year uh, things are just opening up so i feel like it will be big it will be better and it will be exciting i'm not sure but i feel brands will pick it up because it's the first time in like two years yeah. so it has to be big Ah, cool. So if I may ask, have you, have you, have you any, ever done uh, a quirky Valentine's campaign? I know I have done one. Uh, back in the day, uh, I was doing an incentivization Valentine's campaign mm-hmm. and the winner was to win a Jiko. I don't know why I <laughs> thought that was a brilliant idea at the time. And I remember delivering it to him and he was excited the first time. But you just see, he was expecting something a bit different. Uh, I think it was the experience that was uh, really lacking in terms of the delivery of the campaign. So I don't know, have you done any quirky things that either worked or didn't work on your end? Uh, for me, I'm yet to do a big Valentine's campaign. Yeah. What I've done are just social media campaigns. Yeah. So I think I, we should try that the same round. All right, so watch out uh, uh, for any <laughs> uh, take clumsy and quirky ideas for this Valentine's uh, from us. Uh, uh, it will be delivered, hand-delivered by the team. All right, so thank you so much for this session. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any queries, uh, we'll do another session. We're just going over the terms that we've talked about today, the metaverses. We'll have a separate session for that. The NFTs as well, we'll also have a separate session for that. We'll go further even in terms of the tools that we've just given a highlight. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been a pleasure having this conversation. Uh, make sure to tune in in a few weeks to watch our next episode. Peace.